You're listening to Tech Talk Central. This is Vicky Colavu for Tech Talk Central, and I'm here at Mobile World Congress. Just, I was just in a seminar in a workshop talking about the I in IOT on security and privacy, and I have with me uh, Nikolos Isaris. He's deputy head of the Internet of Things unit at DJ Connect. First of all, thank you for this interview. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to discuss IoT with you. So your unit, is it relevantly new and what does it do? Yes, the unit on the Internet of Things was created only eight months ago in July 2016. And this is a sign that we are giving the Internet of Things a lot of importance. There, we needed to create a center of gravity within the European Commission that would deal with all the questions relating to the Internet of Things. And there are many aspects. So we have, uh, first of all, we have a lot of policy questions that we are dealing with around the Internet of Things. We have research activities and we have also other activities which have to do with international cooperation, with uh, stakeholder management, etc. But the main two strands of activity are the policy and the research uh, activities. I can give you more details if you want. Well, the research I can guess because we've all seen different projects going on. For example, ActiveAge, which just inaugurated about a month ago. Um, the policies obviously do affect the consumers. But I was really, because we did hear about privacy and security, and I think it's one of the biggest fears that consumers have when it comes to adopting it. So is that very high in your agenda? Yes, actually our agenda is based on, on three pillars, one of which is uh, to create a human-centered IoT. And under, the, under this pillar we are looking very uh, seriously at the question of security and privacy, and especially on how to create trust uh, by the consumers in uh, IoT products and services. So that is why the discussion that we had today here was very relevant to this pillar of activity that we have, uh, the human-centered IoT. And uh, as I mentioned, and it was a very interesting discussion, so I'm glad that you've had the chance to follow it, um, privacy and security are intertwined. You cannot have one without the other. So the good thing is that uh, by applying security layers, let's say, in our uh, solutions, we can also achieve higher levels of privacy as well. And hopefully, we can also increase the trust of people in using these digital technologies. So who would you consider the major key play players that you will be calling upon to start this conversation? Obviously, eight months is not enough. But who do you think is the first people, the stakeholders you need to call into your office and start making an impact? We have already uh, launched a, a procedure, let's say a consultation procedure, let's call it, both with the industry and with consumers. Um, in our efforts to, to build trust, we have actually um, or, organized our stakeholders in an alliance, so the Commission had the, uh, let's say, initiative to launch an alliance for the IoT innovation. That was in uh, March 2015. And this alliance uh, became an independent association in September 2016, a few months ago, uh, under Belgian law. So they are co completely independent from the Commission. They don't receive funding from the Commission. However, they are a very important tool 
for the European Commission in terms of consultation for our policy. Uh, this alliance is an industry association, so all the value chain of the Internet of Things is represented there from uh, manufacturers, telcos, uh, standardization organizations, the whole value chain. And they have organized themselves in a way which uh, deals with vertical and horizontal aspects. So they have working groups dealing with policy questions, standardization questions, research questions, but they have also working groups which look at vertical sectors and their uh, specificities and intricacies. For example, there is one on e-health, there is one on smart cities, there is one on transport, manufacturing, etc. So um, this is the way we try to consult the industry. However, the Alliance for IoT Innovation is only one uh, group or one tool that we have, let's say, for this. Uh, we are listening to everybody in the industry and we have also particularly focused as well in consumer uh, aspects. So we have discussed with consumer associations as well on how in, indeed to increase the trust of consumers in, in IoT. Mentioning e-health, one of the sectors that we are lo really looking into and very interested is digital health. The Internet of Things is something that can really help seniors when it comes to living independently, assisted living in other cases, people that need support. But the seniors, I find it quite difficult to convince them to, to trust, um, obviously, devices like this, how to use them, and not feel like they're monitored all the time when you're... Obviously, if you put something on the wall or under the mattress, they might forget about it, but it's not like they're going to look at their mobile and get back um, indications. In my opinion, but maybe you have, obviously you have more to say on that. Maybe the EU has to help with direct education. One of the things I see happening in Barcelona is a Mobile World Capital Academy that actually teaches people how to use technology. Do you think that could be something that could really assist and help um, elders and anybody who's interested in learning? And is the EU planning to do anything like that? Definitely there is a, a big challenge with uh, actually educating people of all ages, not just our elders, but also educating children, for example, on how to use the Internet and the Internet of Things wisely, etc. In the case of the older generation, there is an additional uh, challenge, let's say, which is perhaps the uh, the technology, uh, let's say, adoption. They are perhaps the generation least uh, uh, probable to adopt technology, uh, let's say, voluntarily. Let's put it this way. So, yes, indeed, there is a big um, challenge. There, there has to be a big effort to make believe that these actually solutions, products and services could actually help them live a more independent life. Um, you know, we have a lot of uh, assisted living uh, solutions, e-health, mobile health, digital health. So all these initiatives are there to convince people that it's for their own good, it's to make them more independent, to make them more, let's say, uh, less reliable on, on uh, external help and more rely, uh, relying on their own and the technologies, let's say, provision. So uh, educating is truly 
one way to do it. There are also other aspects. For example, you can have certain aspects designed into the products and services, which actually become a bit uh, more transparent, and they also become less intrusive in their lives. So I think that um, people designing this type of products and solutions have to really seriously take into account how to do this in a way which is less intrusive and easier to adapt by any generation, really, not just the elder generation. It's, it's, it's quite a complicated, actually, response, because I was just thinking we're both from the same country, Greece, where we have a lot of islands. And uh, as you were speaking, I was thinking about the telehealth and how good it does society. And all the elderly know how good it will do when they don't have a doctor. But then for carriers, they're not making any money. So they're not really eager to support it. So it's it's a, as you said before, it's having a lot of stakeholders sit down and sort of give solutions. But what happens to? I was going to talk really lightly about the data and the privacy. That is also something that worries them, but mostly because they have no idea about it. Mm-hmm. The GDPR, of course, is not for all from your units, but uh, it's going to take uh, presence in 2018. It'll become a law. Um, that also needs education, in my opinion, knowing what your rights are. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And that is also the, let's say, obligation, I would say, of the national data protection authorities, but also of the European Commission as well. I'm not taking, uh, let's say, ourselves outside the, the equation. Uh, but it's truly the, the obligation of the national data protection authorities to educate people and take every opportunity actually to inform them about their new rights, let's say, with the GDPR. And, uh, and the fact that it is a law which actually has the consumer interest in its heart and the fact that they can actually use it to their own benefit, making sure that they have really... Um, let's say, the uh, the upper hand in how their data is collected, used, etc. So, um, it's again, it's a big challenge. Sometimes it's difficult to educate or to inform even people about such abstract, uh, let's say, pieces of law or things that are actually not uh, considered until something wrong happens. And then you start saying, but there must be something that protects me from from this malicious or, or uh, malevolent whatever behavior. But um, yeah, I think there is a, there is a big uh, work to be done there informing people. One of the most important questions we heard today at this uh, session was all about security and uh, how companies that are making devices are actually not taking provisions or cutting back in money to put them other places, as the NXP representative said. But um, whose responsibility is it? It was a good, you know, you all responded to that, and obviously you're not going to tell us who's responsible. Um, But whose responsibility is security when it comes to IOT? Is it the carrier? Is it the network? Is it he who's making the device, the company, or the consumer? Um, It's a big question. I'm not asking to respond that, but I want to know, in your opinion, what should be done for this conversation to start now before it's too late and we have big issues, big crises out there? Well, the conversation has already started, actually. It's not it's not about to start. And as you rightly said, and the panel actually confirmed, this is a joint responsibility and it's extremely difficult in, in complicated cyber-physical systems like uh, certain of the IoT products and services to apportion liability or to really say 
where something went wrong or how you can actually uh, check whose responsibility or whose fault is it. Um, the discussion has already started and the answer is there is no si one size fits all uh, reply to that. Mm. Uh, you have to take into account uh, the different degrees of autonomy, for example, that the system might have. Is it a system that is actually actuating? Is it taking decisions? Is it a self-learning system? So has the user an active role to play in it? Does the user actually teach mm -hmm. the system in a certain way? Is it So all these aspects have to be taken into account. You cannot apply the same, for example, liability principle to an autonomous system uh, like a robot or whatever and the same principles to, a, I don't know, a, a fire detector, for example, that is taking a different decision. So it's a very complicated discussion, but all these elements have to be taken into account. Okay, I think we'll wrap it up there. First of all, thank you for being with us. Thank you for inviting me. It was a pleasure. So that was uh, Nicolas Isaris for the IOT unit at DGA Connect, that's with the European Union. I'm Vicky Golovo for TikTok Central. Bye for now. You're listening to Tech Talk Central.